，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。We head now to Kaohsiung for a seafood spectacular blending tradition and innovation. A Misua noodle shop in Mitua District is a local institution. Diners love its mix of classic vermicelli noodles with surprising new flavors. Fish chowder and squid rings are some of the Tainan specialties featuring on the menu. Miswa noodle soup is a Taiwanese tradition, usually with oyster or intestines as the star. Now there are new recipes on the menu. This luxurious dish features fish chowder, squid rings, and milkfish skin. The seafood spectacular is proving popular. Over there, they just sell oysters and intestines, but here there's all kinds of things. It's quite fresh, and the ingredients are real, and there's lots in here. The big bone broth is boiled up for three hours every day. The miso might look simple, but it's a labor of love. Lots of diners wouldn't leave without sides such as hand-prepared intestines with a slow-cooked head of milkfish. The intestines are slow cooked, so they're full of flavor, and the fish head is delicious too. Another luxurious dish is the seafood congee, a local favorite. Located in Gaoxiong's Mitua District, the restaurant follows traditions handed down from a master of Tainanese cuisine. The current owner's father fell in love with the food of his wife's hometown, Tainan, so he studied with the master and then passed his knowledge down to the next generation, who gave it their own twist. Our miso is made with big bone broth, paired with local specialties like milkfish, fish chowder, and squid, and these big fresh oysters. The most special thing is our milkfish. We take the skin and braise it. The broth is fresh and delicious. Lots of people love our soup. And even the government is a fan. The miso was featured in Gaoxiong's 100 Unmissable Dishes by Gaoxiong Tourism Bureau, which gave its official stamp of approval to this marriage of tradition and novelty. Jazz lovers, take note: the National Theatre and Concert Hall Summer Jazz Festival is back in action this August. To celebrate the festival's 20th anniversary, the venue is holding. An exhibition exploring the development of jazz in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. On display are photos tracing the development of Taiwan's jazz history, which dates all the way back to the 1950s and continue into the present day. To help tell that decades-long history, the exhibition also features documentaries. This exhibition includes photos and videos. These photos are very interesting, not only talking about jazz, but also about Taiwan at that time and what Taiwan looked like in different eras. It also talks about what kind of style of jazz was produced. The NTCH Summer Jazz Festival has been delighting audiences for 20 years. To mark its 20th anniversary, the National Theatre and Concert Hall has curated a month-long free exhibition at the hall's ground floor and basement. The Jazz Festival has a 20-year History at the National Theatre and Concert Hall. 
This time we tried our best to bring together local musicians and to hold a lot of activities. We're doing everything from outdoor performances, exhibitions and documentary screenings to an experimental theatrical performance simulating a small bar setting in New York. We welcome everyone to listen to our outdoor summer party. The annual Summer Jazz Festival is in action from August 1st till August 31st at the National Theatre and Concert Hall. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shi Bohan in Taipei. Taiwan has experienced a high level of cyber attacks in recent days amid the visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The targets of the attacks include convenience stores and train stations, as well as the official website of the presidential office, Taoyuan International Airport, and the Ministry of National Defense. Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang says cyber attacks on Tuesday surpassed 15,000 gigabytes, which is 23 times higher than the previous single-day record. It's indeed the case that cyber attacks doubled over these days. The highest number of attacks happened on August 2nd. There were 23 times more attacks that day than in any previous day. There are many types of attacks, but it is mainly attempts to access our networks. But we have defenses. They can try to attack, but we can block those attacks. Yesterday afternoon, I held a meeting with the heads of the relevant government agencies to prevent any external intrusions and ensure the normal operation of the government and social institutions. That includes ensuring the safety of land, sea and air transport, strengthening information security safeguards and preventing the spread of disinformation. Premier Su Zhenchang says the government has taken action to defend Taiwan against the cyber attacks. The presidential office says it may convene a national security meeting to respond to the threats. After departing from Taiwan on Wednesday, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi released a statement on her visit. In it, Pelosi criticized China, saying that Beijing's tactic to block Taiwan from the international community could not prevent the international community from engaging with Taiwan. She says that the U.S. partnership with Taiwan was unwavering and that support for Taiwan in the Congress remains ironclad. On social media, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi released an official video of her 20-hour visit to Taiwan. The one-and-a-half-minute video includes footage of bilateral talks between the delegation and Taiwan officials. Pelosi departed from Taiwan on Wednesday evening and headed to her next stop in South Korea. After her departure, she released a statement on her visit, voicing support for Taiwan. The first sentence reads, Our congressional delegation's visit should be seen as a strong statement that America stands with Taiwan. She continues, Taiwan is a very special place, a key ally in peace and security, a global leader in economic dynamism, and a model of democratic governance. Pelosi also criticized China in the statement, saying that while Beijing may prevent Taiwan from sending its leaders to global forums, they cannot prevent world leaders or anyone from traveling to Taiwan to pay respect to its flourishing democracy. 
The statement ends saying that the U.S.'s partnership with Taiwan remains unwavering and that the U.S. will continue to support the defense of democracy against autocracy in the region and in the world. We will not abandon our commitment to Taiwan. Taiwan has been an island of resilience in the world. Indeed, the people of Taiwan have proven to the world that with hope, courage and determination, it is possible to build a peaceful and prosperous future. Despite protests and threats from China, Pelosi went ahead with her plans to visit Taiwan, with stops at the presidential office and legislative yuan, sending a strong message of U.S. support for Taiwan. Her delegation met with human rights activists who had been directly persecuted by China. In the eyes of many Taiwanese, Pelosi's actions are proof of a resolute commitment to freedom and democracy. I think she's really got guts. We don't have to accept China's constant threats towards us. We have always been an independent country. There are no lies there. Taiwan is Taiwan. Why is China so obsessed with us? They are so far away across the sea from us. China is really showing its true self. Whenever our ties with the U.S. improve, China organizes military drills to put pressure on us. That just shows to everyone that China is a tyrannical country. We clearly are an independent country. So why does China threaten us with military drills whenever we have any substantial political visits from the U.S., even when we're doing nothing more than that? I think Pelosi's visit will be bad in the long term. It's just a brief moment of happiness. But in the long run, I think it will have a big impact on our trade. People on the street have varying opinions on Pelosi's visit. But one thing that's certain is that the historic moment has pushed Taiwan's visibility to new heights on the international stage. Taiwan shares closed down 74 points on Thursday at 14,702 amid China's military drills in the vicinity of Taiwan. Turnover stood at 195.4 billion NT dollars. The index at one point lost 232 points, dipping below the 14,600-point mark. But a rebound in electronics shares ended up softening the blow, with TSMC shares closing above 500 NT. Chinese authorities on Wednesday arrested Taiwanese pro-independence activist Yang Zhiyuan. Yang is accused of separatism and endangering China's national security. Yang is a vocal pro-independence activist, founder of the Taiwanese National Party. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council says it has not yet been notified of Yang's arrest by Chinese authorities, asking China to explain the situation immediately. The same day that U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sat with Taiwan's president, Chinese authorities in the city of Wenzhou on Wednesday arrested Taiwanese pro-independence activist Yang Zhiyuan. Thirty-two-year-old Yang is a Taichung native and a graduate of National Zhongxing University's Department of History. In 2019, he joined the legislative electoral race, representing the now-defunct pro-independence Taiwan Action Party Alliance. He is also one of the founders of the Taiwanese National Party. Yang had been active in social activism, student protests, and was a vocal critic of the KMT's 2020 presidential candidate, Han Guoyu. 
China's security agency says that Yang has long advocated for an independence referendum and have promoted pro-independence ideas. Though Chinese authorities say Yang will be punished according to Chinese law, Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council says it has not yet received any official notice from across the strait. The council criticized the CCP's use of national security as a pretense to detain Taiwanese people, saying that it strongly opposed such moves. The council condemned the arrest saying that China should fully explain the situation immediately. The CCP does not dare lay a finger on the U.S., so the only thing they can do is try to intimidate Taiwan. This arrest is a threat to so-called pro-Taiwan activists, or more broadly, anyone they deem a Taiwan independence activist. The chair of the Taiwan State Building Party says he's concerned that Yang's arrest could have similarities with the arrest of pro-democracy activist Li Minzhe five years ago. He says that China is using the arrest as a warning of worse things to come, showing just how hegemonic and dictatorial the regime across the strait can be. Amid growing tensions in the Taiwan Strait, Inventech chair Tom Cho says a Chinese invasion of Taiwan would benefit nobody in the world. Cho says that his company had long ago kicked off expansion projects around the world to reduce its reliance on China. Let's hear from him. We are of course concerned about our many employees in China, but there is no need to fight. Who does it benefit? If there is a fight, everyone dies. What's the point? You could say that Russia's invasion of Ukraine could cost them their gas supply at most, but if China attacks Taiwan, they would lose everything. So we need to decouple our supply chains. That's why we're expanding in Mexico, in Vietnam, in Malaysia and in the Czech Republic. But we won't be reducing our output from China. Analysts say Taiwan is the top supplier in the world for high-tech products such as chips and servers. They say that a Chinese invasion of Taiwan would affect every country in the world, turning everyone against China. China on Thursday noon launched a series of live-fire military drills in six maritime areas around Taiwan. The drills included the launching of Dongfeng missiles to areas in the northeast and southwest of Taiwan. Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense says it was ready for any emergencies, readying aircraft in many areas of Taiwan, including the rarely used Hunchun Airport in Pingdong. A missile rips through the skies, releasing a loud roar. China's People's Liberation Army is conducting live-fire drills near Taiwan's coasts. This is China's Pingtang County, the closest Chinese municipality from Taiwan proper, at just 140 kilometers from Xinzhou. Here, the PLA has seemingly launched rockets from PHL-16 long-range multiple rocket launchers to disrupt Taiwan's patrolling vessels and aircraft along the median line of the Taiwan Strait. China on Thursday noon kicked off a series of live-fire military drills in six maritime regions near Taiwan. They are located in the median line of the Taiwan Strait near China's Pingtan. The others are off the coasts of Taiwan's Jilong, Yilan and Hualien, and in the Bashi Channel near Pingdong and Kaohsiung. The drills are scheduled to end on Sunday. 
Reports say that a seventh drill area could be added in the east and that the exercises may be extended by another 20 hours to 10 a.m. on August 8. In the past, Taiwan has repeatedly emphasized the so-called median line dividing the Taiwan Strait. We've said there has never been this so-called median line. If you connect the six sites with a single line, then Taiwan would harp on about its 12 nautical miles of territorial waters. What 12 nautical miles does Taiwan have? Actually, the PLA's real goal is the fourth area. For all the other areas, they can file missiles directly. Whether cruise missiles or ballistic missiles or even rockets, they can all reach the other areas. But for the fourth area, the missile would have to fly over the central mountain range. And fire missiles China did. The Ministry of National Defense confirmed that the PLA had fired several Dongfeng missiles toward areas over the northeast and southwest of Taiwan. The military is deploying all kinds of counter-surveillance measures to stay updated on missile and rocket launches. We're activating the relevant defense systems and strengthening combat readiness. The Ministry of National Defense condemns such irrational actions that undermine regional peace. Taiwan's military says it's ready. Already, even before 9 a.m., Mirage 2000 fighters loaded with ammunition took to the skies in Xinjiang. Over in Hualien, F-16V fighter jets were also fully armed for an emergency takeoff, and the Taiwan-made Tengyun unmanned aerial vehicles have also been readied for action. In Taoyuan's Longtan, Apache attack helicopters were dispatched, fully loaded. Even Hengchun Airport, which has been rarely used in recent years, is now a launch pad for unmanned aerial vehicles and helicopters. Already, two unmanned aerial vehicles and 10 Apache attack helicopters have taken off from the area. There's also Cobra choppers, military helicopters and Black Hawks on standby for any emergency operation. More threatening than ballistic missiles are rockets, because rockets are very cheap and they can attack large areas. Ballistic missiles destroy single sites. The military drills this time isn't really aimed at blockading Taiwan because they aren't capable of blockading Taiwan. They're mainly trying to intimidate the people and conduct cognitive warfare. That's the real objective. Perhaps they've overlooked how, over the last few years, Taiwan has built up high levels of psychological resilience. The first day of the live fire drills was over in just a few hours. At 3.19pm, the PLA's Eastern Theater Command announced on social media that its precision missile strikes had been a success and that restrictions in the drill areas were lifted. Reports say that before the drill started, the U.S. Navy's 7th Fleet's Boeing P-8 Poseidon anti-submarine aircraft was spotted patrolling off Taiwan's southwest. Meanwhile, the USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier conducted routine operations in the Philippine Sea to support maritime interests in the Indo-Pacific, keeping a watchful eye on China's provocations.